This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it is time to bring in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? We're doing. Joe joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. So, Joe, you know I prefer after wins and you score 25 points. This is kind of disappointing. You know what I did just fine, though? What? I thought I was out of coffee beans, and I just found another pack of them in my box. So I'm extremely <laughs> happy about that. <laughs> oh, that's an opening. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, okay, my fault. I'll uh, try to work on that for next next week. Okay, that's good to know. So, uh, in in your view, now that you had time, what, where did it all go wrong in the third quarter? Because I think in the third quarter, Jazz fans are feeling pretty good, up by fifteen. And, and all the arrows were pointing in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone, not in a um, in, in a bad way or anything, but I think we were we were all feeling good. We, we'd played well, obviously. Um, to to get a lead like that against a, a really good team, um, and I I think a part of it they they kind of threw kind of their their kind of one last punch. They they came in. They um, I think it started. I think Tory Cray hit a three off like a double team or, or whatever it was from Jokic or something like that. Um, that kind of got them going a little bit. We we had a couple um, missed shots. Uh, I think we had a turnover or two, and they kind of got out and um, not was having their last crack, obviously. But it was, uh, I think, if we were able to hold up around that time when it was was fifteen, if we can hold our defense up strongly, um, obviously make plays on the other end like we had for the whole game, and and kind of finish at the rim or, or with the three, um, uh, I think we kind of hold ourselves in a good position. But they made some shots and. Um, I think I think Coach Shadow or, or someone did media yesterday, just not getting distracted, but we were worrying about the referees a little bit. There was a couple of turnovers we haven't really had um, in the series, really. Um, and they got themselves going. Obviously, Murray got himself going. Jokic hit some big shots. And, um, yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, it's frustrating, obviously, because you had a chance if we kind of held on for that third quarter and, kind of start of the fourth, you, you feel like you're in a decent position if you can hold on that. If you have a 15-point lead in the NBA game going into the fourth quarter, I think you, if someone said pre-game you, you could get that every game, you, you'd take it. So um, obviously stuff for us to, to watch today and, and learn, um, learn from and um, be ready for the next one. So in the two Denver wins, Jokic and Murray have just been sensational. And Murray's been having it going on, obviously. He had game they lost. He still was sensational. 
do you sort of look at it like uh, you know they are a good team and they they've got good players for that's the very reason so sometimes they get it going but there's no really sense of despair or panic on your behalf just do what you do yeah i think he going into it from from game 1 we we set it after game 1 we set it prior to game 1 um it's going to be a long series like even if you play just four games, it's still a long series. It's 10 days of, of playing basketball against the same team. Um, obviously, they, they were the third, I think they were third, one, th- three, six, whatever it was. So third, they were the third team for a reason. They, they, they've got good players. They, they play good basketball and um, they can kind of dictate what they want to do. And I think, obviously, in that third quarter, they they did that a little bit. I think we'd done a really good job prior to that of... Um, Playing the the way we wanted to play, and and um, obviously on on the flip side a little bit, they they had nothing to lose. They were they were coming in throwing every punch to to, to stay and keep their season alive. And um, obviously they they played well and, and did that. And um, obviously it's, what is it three two now? And we go into the game six. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll watch the film today, practice and stuff like that. And um, Find some adjustments. Find find what we can do better, and um, and get ready for Thursday. So, when you're five games deep in a series, and it's a long series, literally, when you're running down the sideline, you hear Mike Malone. Do you literally know every play call and everything he's saying? Is there anything he can say in any code that you can't figure out? Um, not really at this point. Um, obviously, there's. I mean, if they go and put a, a new set in today, then we won't know stuff like that. But um, a lot of teams. I mean, you you do what you do because it's it's got you to to where you are. Um, we won however many games because of the way we play and the offense we run and the, obviously the players we've got. And, um, they they do the same thing. Um, I think for them a lot of it when when they when they feel the pressure or whatever it is they go into that two man game with with their with whatever, arguably their two best players, um, Murray and Jokic, and um, we, we've got different actions as well. What, what you feel comfortable in when when um, when you need a basket or you need a stop or whatever it is, you, you go to to what you're comfortable in. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's not much that I think either of us could call unless you're putting in some new stuff, but anything else that's being called out there, you, you have a fair idea of, of what it's going to be. Did you have an opportunity to hear what Paul George said after the game with the Clippers? Um, I caught honestly just a, just a few minutes of it this morning um, before you guys called, and um, you actually made me hang up while I was talking to Miller on the phone, and you guys made me hang up to, to answer your call, so that kind of annoyed me. But um, no, I caught I caught five minutes of it this morning. I didn't listen to it; I just read kind of what it said, and um, that was about it. So far, I'll have a look at it a bit later well, today. Uh, just a quick quote, you know, I, I underestimated mental health, honestly. I had anxiety, a little bit of depression. Just being locked in here, I just wasn't there. I checked out. I'm wondering, you know, with the games are the games, but what's your reaction to that? Because, you know, you're dealing with it. I understand you had a child, had an injury while you're gone, and wife's expecting and the, all this stuff. I my life. <laughs> yeah, how, 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 how are you dealing with all that? It's hard. Um I think he's obviously after kind of hearing that from you, he's probably the first player that's publicly said something. Um, I, I mean, I'd put a lot of money on the fact that, that other people are dealing with the same thing. Um, 
And I mean, I don't know him personally. Obviously, we've we've had some some battles on the court, but um, I mean, he's got a family. He, he's got a, a a very regular life, I would imagine, outside of of all of this and outside of basketball in general. Um, and I don't think everybody fully understands that. I, I think a lot of people look at us as athletes, and and that's kind of it. Not that. That's not necessarily the worst thing because being an athlete is is awesome. But they they don't like. There's no context around like yeah, I've got two kids and a wife who's pregnant, and my son broke his arm two days ago. Like seeing him in hospital, um, seeing Renee having to deal with that. Um, she's there, so she missed because of what happened with Jacob. She missed Jacob's first uh, Miller's first soccer practice, which killed her as well because she felt like a bad, bad mum or something, a guilty, guilty because she wasn't there at Miller's first practice. And um, I'm trying to be there for Jacob as much as you can on, on FaceTime and trying to speak to Miller before she goes to the soccer practice for the first time. And obviously Renee is trying to deal with both and I'm sitting in a, in a room with still no window that doesn't open. Um, and I think, it, yeah, I think it gets taken out of... Um, the real world a little bit. It's like we, we all have lives, uh, whether it's like George Niang kind of by himself in Utah. Like he, he lives by himself, but he's still got a life there. He's got friends. He's got family that comes in. Um, I mean, my situation is, is is pretty well known with my kids and stuff and, and how close we all are and stuff like that. And it's, it, it's hard. You, there's, there's days that you sit in your room and, I mean, the kid's birthday for me was one that was – um, obviously, it was pretty early on when we were here, but it was it was horrible to, to first birthday I missed. Obviously, they were only turning four, so it's not like I've I've been to twenty straight years of their birthday. But but even just that for me was, was a big deal. And um, I told the guys previous to coming, don't come and don't mess with me on the the twenty fifth because I won't be in a in a good mood. So um, I think it's I think it's cool that, that he has come out and, and said something. I think a lot of people are feeling that way. Um, and I think what's what's helped me is obviously speaking to them as, as often as I can, getting out of the room. Um, I've started reading, which I've probably never done in my life before, um, but just to, to try and keep your mind active, to, to get outside, to, to stay active as, as active as you can. So aside from any event, which, you know, your kid getting hurt or a birthday or something like that, which would obviously make it a tough day. I was just wondering if it was just like the day in and the day out of being in the bubble, in the same building, seeing the exact same people. It's kind of like the movie Groundhog Day, unless the playoffs have put a new kind of um, energy into it and kind of fired people up and given you a new focus, or is it really Groundhog Day? And even without something dramatic happening, is that wearing guys down? I I think so. Uh, I think... Um, well, I think I said it to you guys a few weeks ago. Like we've talked about it, the, the teams that can. There's going to be a lot of either individuals or teams um, that are points of this. Like it might be um, a long period of time, it might be a short period of time, but there's going to be times that guys are checked out. That guys don't want to be here. Um, like you said, it might be a birthday, it might be something, but there's going to be days that guys don't want to be here. <laughs> like I've said it before, I don't want to see my teammates every single day. Like I want to be with my, my family. I 
I love my team. I love our camaraderie. We, we've probably got one of the closest groups in, in the bubble or in the league. Um, still doesn't mean I want to see him 24-7, <laughs> seven days a week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. And then, obviously, the playoffs, are, I guess it gives you a little bit um, kind of different perspective and, and energy because you are kind of playing for something else now. Um Obviously, the seeding games, we were doing all kinds of things, resting, and guys were beat up a little bit and injured, so you, you kind of get through that. And then once the playoffs start, obviously, it's exciting. Like, that's what we play for. We want to we want to win. We want to be a part of a winning team and culture and all that. But um, then you see what's going on in, in the real world again. I think Fred Van Vliet said some stuff. Donovan, uh, a lot of guys have commented on I saw Doc's... Um, post-game press conference or whatever it was, um, press thing. And then you look back, it's like we're in this bubble playing basketball and, and there's so many other <laughs> bigger issues going on than kind of what we did on defense last night. And, and I'm not taking anything away from the game or anything because we, we do love it and we do all that. But there's there's so much going on that um, it, it's hard not to think about stuff because, you, like you said, you're stuck in this room for for a long part. Obviously, we can get out, we can do numerous little things. It's, it's not the worst place in the world to be, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of time to think. We've seen the guys on the benches on whatever team. I've been watching a lot of the games, you know, not specific to yours, but basically across the league, the teams are still playing. The guys on the bench are animated. You'd think that's trying to maybe replace they don't have a crowd, so get your guys fired up as if you're not in the game at the time? Yeah, I mean, you've got to try and find your own kind of energy, I guess. Um, it's a it's a it's a weird situation playing. I think everyone's kind of got as comfortable as you can with with no fans or anything like that. But um, I mean, regardless, we're, I mean, <laughs> if we were playing, uh, well, not last night, but the previous two games before that, we've got twenty thousand people in Vivint, and the the guys that have been on the Jazz in the playoffs know know what that feels like. Right now, we would have been waking up in Utah to, to play game six at home. And um, not that we're not confident, but you'd be like to, to wake up and play game six in front of your fans. If Again, if they told you that in the preseason, you get a, a game six up three to at home in Utah, you'd be like, you'd take that every day of the week. So you, you try and find your own energy. And, and obviously a part of that is, is your own team. You've got to you've got to do it yourself to a certain extent, um, and then yeah, you've got I don't know how many guys we got what thirty five people here or whatever we were allowed to have. So between them, you, you try and um, when you're on the bench or playing or I mean, we got guys um, a few people that don't sit behind the bench that sit opposite kind of the scorers table. Um, there's two sections where the, the Denver people sit and our guys sit and they they can kind of cheer a little bit, but. Um, yeah, you got to find your own find your own energy a little bit here. Joe Ingles joining us here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. So, uh, are you just are you totally in a groove in those games, just from game to game, because you don't have that home and road, or do you, or do you miss that not getting cheered one night in game four and not getting booed in game five and then not looking forward to getting <laughs> cheered in game six. I mean, because that, that kind of stuff tends to affect the flow of a series in normal times, and obviously it's not impacting sure. the series now. No, no, you don't. I mean, I miss it. I've 
been lucky enough to play, I don't even know how many years consecutive in in the playoffs. And um, obviously half those kind of games have been in Utah. Like I said, I mean, regular season, I've always said, well, I think we've got unbelievable fans that, I mean, we sell out. They're always into the game and, and fairly knowledgeable, um, except for when they yell, me, yell at me to shoot. But... Um, then in the playoffs, it's like a whole new, <laughs> it's like a whole new arena. It's it's unbelievable how how loud it is, and I mean, who knows if we're up fifteen in in Denver, do their crowd go quiet and they're out of the game, and that 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 affects them? Um, maybe someone talks some junk to Donovan in the front row and just gets him <laughs> fired up. Like, there's so many things that happen when there's a crowd there. Um, like I said, we, we would have been waking up today in Utah. I would have been out to hang out with my kids. I would have gone in for shoot around or whatever we would have done, and um, we would have been rolling into to Vivid tomorrow night to, to play at home. So um, yeah, it's, I mean it is what it is. Obviously, we're, we're here, and like I said, guys are as as comfortable as you can be. And um, Obviously, at this point of, of the season, you, you're doing whatever you can to for us to, to win game six. So for the next 36 hours, um, whatever it is, 48 hours, 36 hours until the game, we'll, we'll prepare and recover and do everything we need to do to be ready and then get there and um, kind of give everything we've got to, to close it out tomorrow. Yeah, and we, I think we saw with Denver, you know, the sense of desperation and urgency because obviously it was an elimination game for them. Now, it's not technically an elimination game for you guys, but, you know, you probably don't want a game seven in that situation and anything can happen. So how do you handle the sense of urgency and desperation to make sure you're matching what Denver is putting out there in their sense of urgency? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, for me, it, it's like a, it's a two-part thing. You, you want to play desperate. You want, you want to play every possession like it's, like it's the last one, like it is a game seven. You, you want to put everything you've got into it, every single possession, like like we've done for, for a lot of this series. Um, we've had a couple lapses, maybe that first game there was some. Um, we've, we've probably had some in the, the three in between, but but not as not as much or not as long a stretch. Um, and then obviously we had some in that third quarter last night, which kind of got them back in the game. But uh, I think you, you, you want to play desperate, but... You want you want to be confident. You, I mean, we we got a three one lead for a reason. Um, we, we were playing good basketball. We were playing the the way we wanted to play. Um, our defense was nice. We were we were moving the ball offensively, making our shots. Um, obviously, Donovan had an unbelievable game, but I, I don't think we, as much as we, we expect him to score and help our team, we we can't just rely on him. We, we've got other guys, so we. Um, He'll always be great, but we've all got to got to play confidently. Um, like I said, we we got to the the lead we had in terms of three one for, for a reason, um, and so we've got to play desperate. You've got to play every possession because that's what they're going to do. They're going to play desperate. They're going to play like they've got nothing to lose. Um, probably play freely because for them, they they can. Um, I don't think the pressure is necessarily on us, but. Um, yeah, I, I think for me it's it's playing desperate, but playing confident too, because you don't want to you don't want to go into it feeling pressured or or anything like that. It's a it's a series. We, we'd said from prior to game one it was going to be a long series, and you, you you prepare for that and adjust along the way. We've got one of the best coaches, if if not the best coach, at, at adjustments and, and preparation. And um, 
like I said, we'll, we'll watch the film today, um, get some shots up and, and get what guys need to do to be ready and, and go out tomorrow and um, do what we need to do to win. So is Quinn more clinical in this situation, or is he more fiery and passionate? How, how does he handle this kind of deal? Uh, probably, a little, honestly, a little bit of both. Um, I think there's time in, in – I mean, I'm sure he, he watched the whole game back last night after the game and got fired up over things that he knows we can do and knows we could do better or um, things that we didn't do. Um, but he's also got a, an understanding of, uh, again, we, we got a, a 3-1 uh, lead or whatever it was for, for a reason. Uh, so if we stick to, to how we want to play, how we want to defend, how we want to play offensively, um, obviously it's, it's put us in a good spot before. So um, you, uh, I have no doubt we'll, we'll feel that confidence from him going into the game. Um, we'll feel it today. Um, but it's also not taking it lightly. You don't want to just brush it off like it was nothing. We we had a 15 point lead and we and we lost it. I think we ended up losing by eight or ten or whatever it was in the end. So um, that's a decent turnaround in in 18 minutes or whatever it was, 19 minutes. Um, so yeah, I think you you don't want to take it uh, take it lightly. You, you you take it, you own it. Um, we're all going to obviously see some things on there that make us mad. Um, but like I said, we'll watch it, we'll own it, and um, use it to, to prepare and get better for the next one. Well, as always, we appreciate it, and uh, good luck uh, ordering the next bag of beans online or having someone mail them to you. <laughs> uh, I'll, uh, I'll always be stocked with that, no worries. Yeah, we don't, we don't want you to run out. That'd be cranky, Joe. We don't want to deal with that guy. <laughs> you definitely don't want that, <laughs> especially not for morning radio. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, thank you, Joe. We appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, guys.